0: hey what is up everyone welcome to the crack house chronicles i am donnie your host and with me is a man who has a dead battery he's given away free of charge (laughs) it's dale
1: that's right donnie what's going on bud Oh, not too much, man. Not too much, but I got your battery. Are you positive? I'm positive. <laughs> oh, damn right. How's it going today? Hey, man,
0: I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm doing wonderful. Good, wonderful.
0: good. What we got going on?
1: Well, I think we have a little a special treat today. We got a, if everybody remembers, a couple, a couple weeks ago when we did uh, Pee Wee Gas and Two-Parter. At the end of that, there was a little thing that went on in the prison where, uh, where he pulled uh the c4 in there and then actually killed the guy in prison which actually got him executed well that guy's name was uh rudolph tyner and uh after we did that episode we had a guy reach out to us and said that he actually knew some of those folks he knew the people that uh rudolph had killed to put himself in prison and he had a little insider stuff on that and he knew them and uh we're gonna call him up today and see what he knows Sounds good. I think it would be a pretty cool show. It's some like, you know, insider from somebody that was there. He was
0: actually a family friend yeah. of the family that Rudolph Tynery murdered.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So I think it's kind of cool, you know, just to have somebody reach out and want to jump on board and ride with us for a little
0: while. Yeah, and this guy's name that we're going to interview today, his name is uh, Benjamin Richardson. Yep. He is from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Dirty Myrtle. Dirty Myrtle. <laughs> and he is very acquainted with Wee gaskins rudolph tyner and the moon family hmm. that was murdered by rudolph tyner
2: oh shit
0: benjamin welcome to the show
2: how you doing
0: we're doing good man how are you
2: not bad just sitting here on the patio talking to you got st- a little bit of wine oh. I ain't got no cold budweiser <laughs> <laughs> we
1: got you we got you covered on that end
0: oh yeah we got it but we got some budweiser up Uh-oh. here all right, Ben, let's, uh, let's talk about how, how do you know the Moon family and Tony Simo and those people?
2: Like I said, I was, when I was, I was young. Back when this murder happened, or murders, um, I was only 17 years old. You know, right now, I'm 59.
3: Uh-huh.
2: So it's something that, you know, when I grew up, I mean, we used to have a barbecue with the Moons every year. Um, after Labor Day. Yeah. When everybody slows down, they'd have a barbecue and music. And, I mean, it'd be like probably, I don't know, probably 200 people there.
1: Oh, wow.
2: You know, they had the banjo, the Martin guitar, and the Mandolin.
0: Sounds like a good on. time, yeah. Just a picking and a grinning, yeah,
2: huh? it's you know, a regular old party. That's right. Um, okay. They huh. were good people.
0: Yeah. Now, Tony. Real good people. Tony Simo, he was uh, Myrtle's son by a previous marriage, right?
2: Yeah, that's right. Okay. I mean, she had been married before. and Like I say, she married Bill Moon, which he was retired from the uh, Air Force, from Myrtle Beach Air Force Mm Base. A lot of people, like I say, um, a lot of people make that their last duty station. And they would retire in Surfside, Myrtle Beach, Myrtle's Inlet. I mean, that's really how Surfside got started is because Air Force people bought down there. It was cheap.
1: Yeah, yeah. I really can't blame I mean, them like, to, to end down there and go ahead and retire at the beach. It sounds like a good plan.
2: Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, like, uh, you ever heard of Mickey Spillane? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My camera, my camera, yeah. All right, my camera, yeah. Uh, Light all stars. Yep. Uh, Mickey Spillane retired down there. He lived in Merle's Inn. Yep. I mean, when I was in the, when I I got in the first grade, just this is side note, but uh, Mickey Spillane, I remember he when I was out, I rode with my father. My father was in the beer business, you know, the beer truck. Right. So we walked in. Key Largo there's a store in Merle's Inlet. And Mickey Spillane was in there. He found out, well, I graduated from the first grade. He gave me a silver dollar. Oh wow. And ah. I still got it.
0: That's cool, man. Now, now tell us about the the Moon family. They had a store down there. They had a little mom and pop store down there. Where it was, was
2: it? called the it was called the Moon Store that's very M-O-O-N S-T-O-R-E right across the street from the house. that
1: was creative Moon Store <laughs> <laughs> that
2: was on yeah that was on uh, that's on 707 that's between uh Sockers T and Myrtle's Inlet yeah now back then it used to be nothing on that road that's probably the only store down there yeah I'm sure now it's four four lanes and you know it's Golf courses and houses and and there's a new store there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's called uh, Collins Creek Store. Right where right where the Moon Store sat. If it, anybody you know, you can ride by there. It's called Collins Creek Store.
0: Hmm. Same store, same building.
2: Well, no, it's been uh, you know they tore it down and built a brand new one. Oh, okay. same, same spot though, right. now you. Yeah, that's right you
0: pull a tractor-trailer in there and get gas. Oh, okay. So they'll modernize that's it a little bit then.
2: Yeah, you can get uh, potato wedges and fried chicken.
0: Oh, man. Now you're talking. That's right. That's right. Bull and peanuts. boiled peanuts. Boiled peanuts. They can have them things. You can have
1: them all.
2: Oh, man. I'll eat, I'll eat yours. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. You can have my box of boiled peanuts Them things... Mushing your mouth. Yeah. Not a fan.
2: You don't know what you
0: doing. <laughs> we still love you, man. Yeah. All right now on March the eighteenth of nineteen seventy eight. Tell us about that. Rudolph Tyner.
2: Well, that's the day when he robbed the store
3: mm-hmm.
0: with a
2: shotgun. Um it was March eighteenth, I believe in the afternoon about about seven o'clock. What I remember. I, I don't know about the time, but I know it was March the 18th.
0: I think they had just closed up shop.
2: Yeah, they were getting ready to go home and probably eat,
1: eat boiled peanuts. Right there. <laughs> now, now, did they have but, some history before all this happened? Do what? Did they have some history between each other before all this happened, or is this just a chance robbery? You
2: talking about China? Yes, yes, sir.
1: Yes, sir. Between the like, t- Tyner and the Moon family?
2: There was a guy that was with him that was named Carlton Davis. I guess he was the getaway driver. Okay. He was in the car. He was driving the car. Rudolph went in with his shotgun <clears throat> and, uh you know, basically went right to, I mean, asked Amanda, he wanted his money. And Bill Moon says, no, you ain't getting the money. And, uh, I believe his wife's murder Myrtle spoke up first and she said something to him. He shot her first. Oh, wow. Then killed Bill and he walked out of there with two hundred dollars.
0: Over two hundred dollars.
2: Over two hundred dollars. I mean, you know, people <laughs> rob me these days for um twenty dollars.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Tell us about Tyner. Where is he from originally?
2: Alam, New York. So he's a. That's a Big up.
0: Okay, what brought him? Do you know what brought him down this way?
2: I don't know. He ended up. He was staying with Carlton Davis,
0: mm-hmm.
2: the guy. Like I say, his uh, getaway driver. He only stayed a mile away. Okay. Um, he was a. But the thing is, he Carlton himself had robbed a guy by the name of uh Jack Singleton. That was back in October seventy seven. It was what the twenty first of October. Okay. Twenty first of October nineteen seventy seven he robbed Jack Singleton. Um he got four guns, like a twenty two, a Browning shotgun, um let me see, a double barrel and another shotgun, a TV, and a couple pieces of jewelry. Okay. But they charged him in January. Um, Let me see. January the 20th, they charged him, you know, get an arrest warrant for breaking an House housebreaking, grand larceny. That was in January. That was three months after the after he robbed it. Right. But I guess he probably, you know, somebody talked or he talked, and it got around. Somehow, they found that it was him. But I believe it's not for sure. But one of those guns that he robbed from there is the one that killed the moon. Mm. Okay. Now
0: did the. Uh the moons? Did they have any kind of conflicts with Tyner before this murder? Did they? Did he ever?
2: No, I don't. I don't think they'd ever seen him before. Okay. They didn't have no nothing whatsoever.
1: Right. So basically, I mean, he just I went, don't think. Basically, he just went in to rob was, him, and he he wasn't leaving without the money, yeah. and he just, if he shot him, he had to shoot him.
2: That's right. Okay. I mean, he was, I mean they say back in. I don't know if they had crack back then. They said they was doing uh, cocaine. Right. Um,
0: Very possible.
2: That was in the, yeah, in the court. You know, they did, they smoking in Little Rafer and probably doing some cocaine. And says, well, we need, we need a little more money, so we're going to go rob this store and, you know, get us some cocaine money.
0: What kind of IQ did Tyner have? Do you know?
2: Yeah, they said he, uh, Right before the trial, they sent him to the um, to Columbia. I guess it was uh up there on Farrow Road. That's where they send you most of the time. Mm-hmm. I forget the name, but it's you know, it's, uh, Department of Health and Environmental Control, whatever.
3: Yeah.
2: Um they um the doctor went up there and uh gave him a uh, you know he spends like a week or whatever usually you know before you go to trial see if you sane.
1: like a psychological exam or
2: something yeah psychological you know it says but it says right here it says he's not mentally ill
3: hmm. okay
2: and um he said he had a this Iq was 65
0: oh well, that's he's about as smart as a but, cardboard box in right?
2: I mean, you know, below I believe below seventy five. You know what? You know what's happening. I guess. I mean, this is a quick trial. I mean, really, with, with, from the time it was committed to the time he got his Senate, it was only like seven months. Mm-hmm. And um, back then it was um, there's a guy the they call it solicitor in South Carolina. It's like uh. What, district attorney?
0: Yeah, they called him a solicitor back then, yeah.
2: Well, that's that now.
0: Okay.
2: a My cousin is a solicitor for O'Reilly County right now. Okay. But back then, it was a guy by the name of Jim Dunn. And this is like a guy, he was like Perry Mason and Matlock, if you could put those two together. Well, that's pretty <laughs> awesome, Eric. <there. laughs> But he, I remember he wore the same suit. It was not the new suit. I mean, not the, not the same suit, <laughs> but he wore a same black suit every time he went to court. And he got him from the Goldfinch Funeral Home.
0: Well, how crazy That's is that? That's where he'd
2: buy his suit. <laughs> oh, wow. He bought them from the funeral home.
0: So I guess the ones he bought from now the funeral home, they had a back in them, though, right?
2: Yeah, that's what I'm starting to say. They had the back in them. <laughs> <laughs> but old Jim Dunn, you know, he was like old Southern kind of lawyer. You know, he had a he had a, a work and uh, had a good. He's a good orator. Yeah. He, he could speak. He was a storyteller, wasn't he? yeah man he could he could tell you a story but he would draw you into
0: it oh that's good yeah
2: I mean he wore he had some black cowboy boots and I guess he didn't have he probably had more than one but he wore black cowboy boots and that black funeral home suit like Johnny Cash Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was was probably
0: probably intimidating too yeah
2: yeah that's what I think but he was the prosecutor
3: Hmm. you know yeah
2: and I don't believe he ever lost a case. Really and truly, I don't think he ever lost a case.
0: Now tell us about Rudolph Tyner when um he admitted to the the Moon family murders though, right? He he admitted
2: to yeah, that. Yeah, he admitted on the indictment. Yeah. Um but he never spoke during uh during the whole trial. I mean he was he didn't say, you know, like at the end of the trial, you got anything to say? He'd say nope. I ain't got nothing to say.
3: Hmm. The
2: lawyers was doing all the talking. Yeah, I mean, we had two lawyers. One was Richard Booth and Eldridge Edman. Hmm. Um. But they did all the speaking. Them and Jim Dunn. Um, was the only ones that really spoke. You know, and Tony Simo, You know, he was there, but he's the one that found the body. Yeah, he two, more- was at half.
0: He went in and saw his mom and dad murdered.
2: Yeah, his sister called him and said, "Go to the store. Something happened at the store." And like I said, it's right across the street from him. He was a bricklayer. Yeah, I don't know if you knew that.
0: Yeah, I knew he was a brick um, He was a brick mason.
2: yeah, he was a brick mason. Mm-hmm. But um, he um, I mean, he was a, I mean, he was kind of a tough dude. I mean really, you know he was nice, but you didn't want to you didn't want to mess with him.
1: Right.
2: What's well, it's like anybody else? I mean you killed my mom and daddy. You know you got something to you got us something to look forward to, because you ain't going to get just away. The right.
1: Right. Yeah. They going to be they going to be care. payback. Yeah, so he's pretty yeah, pretty vind- mean, vindictive fella, I seem like.
2: <clears throat> I, mean,
1: it, All right,
2: what, I mean, he went to court. He went to court in July twenty eighth, mm-hmm.
3: nineteen
2: seventy eight, and October 20th, 21st, He was, uh, you know, they didn't sign his uh death penalty.
0: Yeah, so they handed. I mean, that was the sentence. They handed down when the death is, penalty to uh, Rudolph Tyner, then, right?
2: Yeah, they, I mean, they gave him the. Uh, yeah, they gave him the, uh, I mean, as soon as they started going in, mm-hmm. before they went to court, I mean, they were going to seek the death penalty on him and Carlton Davis.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But see, Carlton Davis didn't get the death penalty. He, he got was just, 30 years.
0: He was just an accessory, right?
2: Yeah, he was sitting in the car. Yeah. But he still he still got, you know, conspiracy. To commit armed robbery, and uh, what else was it? it? Was criminal criminal conspiracy and armed robbery? That's what he got. He got thirty years. Okay. Five years for the conspiracy, and twenty five for the armed robbery.
0: And they sentenced to uh, they sentenced Rudolph Tyner to uh, the state penitentiary in Columbia, didn't they?
2: Yeah. The old CCI on number 12, right? You know, it's still there It's a museum, whatever. Now, last time I was there, I'm sure it ain't gone nowhere. Mm-hmm. But that's on the Congaree River. But you know, that place has been there since the um, since on uh, the Civil War. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's where he went.
0: All right, let's talk about Tony. He, let's talk about Tony Simo for just a little bit. He uh, Tony took this pretty hard, didn't he?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, you imagine? I mean, he said, I'm, I believe it's in court. Something mine. I went to the trial one day. I believe it was on Friday. Mm-hmm. I, cut, I cut school after lunch and went over there. And I believe that's where I heard it from was that time. He said he could, he checked his mama's post. You know, she had no pulse. But he said, "You could have. He could have stuck his hand in her chest where that shotgun went through her." Wow. So
0: he took it hard. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think it would. I mean, that's your mama. Right?
0: Oh, absolutely, mama. absolutely. And Tony, he was he was pretty much out for vengeance. He. You know, even though Rudolph Tyner got the death penalty and he was going to be executed for his crimes, you know, he was going to sit on death row for years probably, and Tony didn't want that, did he?
2: Well, I mean, back then, see, they'd cut the death penalty off. Yeah. For like 10, 10, 12 years. That's why he went went to find somebody to go kill him or find out if he could. Yeah. He went down to, it went down to Morrill's I mean, I don't know where it was. I know about where it's at. I'm, you know, where he went to. It was a, it was a bar. But when found somebody that had been in jail at CCI and he told him he'd check it out. And, you know, I mean, he paid, um, Pee Wee Gaskin, roundabout to kill him. I yeah. mean, he tried to uh, poison him at one time. He said you couldn't kill him.
0: Yeah, he was <laughs> uh, tried
2: to poison him. He <clears throat> wouldn't die.
0: He was sending poison over out to the prison to give to Pee Wee to to try to poison him.
2: Well, I don't, I don't know if he sent the poison. Um, you could probably get that bite anywhere. I mean, you can get rat poison about anywhere: strychnine or arsenic, whatever. But anyway, that's what he tried. They said.
0: um, They said everything I heard. They the when he give him the poison, they just give him a tummy ache or a belly ache, and they just they thought it was just food poisoning from the from the cafeteria there at the prison. Yeah,
2: probably was
0: probably what they claimed. I mean,
2: really, I mean, you got to do that over time. I've read it, but you know, people's trying to poison people and stuff like that. They don't die just. I mean, it's like antifreeze. You just can't give somebody a. A tea glass full and think it's gonna kill
1: them. Right, it's like you know, a, a, you're, you're
2: over, over time, over time.
1: <clears throat> it was like when uh, on the Velma Barfield case. That's what it was. You know, she would give it to them a little bit at yeah. a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
2: so. yeah. But uh, they did at, at the end of it. This is what got me. I mean, is it getting C four into the prison? I mean, you can get. I mean. I don't know about now. I'm sure it is. But, you know, you can get, you know, drugs into prison. Oh, absolutely. You get drugs easier in prison than you can on the street. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure it's some kind of, you know, some bard or whatever. And he got paid off. And so, look here, take this C4 in there and uh, give it to Pee Wee. <laughs> and yep. he rigged up. A, I went. I, I'm gonna take it this first. Okay. I went to the prison. This was back in 19, I'd say about 88, 89. This is after he'd killed. Me,
3: mm-hmm.
2: After he killed Rudolph, but my wife's uncle was a guard, or he worked in central control. That's where he opened the cells and the doors, you know what I mean? They got television screens. But he said, come on up here. You can go on tour on Wednesday night. So I went up there Wednesday night and said, don't wear no blue jeans. I remember he told me that, don't wear blue jeans. So I go in there, I mean, just like I'd left work, you know, had a jacket, tie, um, you know, dressed up. Yeah, so we walked in the whole prison, and I told him he took me to. They called it Sparky, the electric chair in South Carolina Ooh. is called Sparky, and I went in there. I mean, that's a big room. They got the seats in there for people to watch, but they fry you right, you know, in that little. Oh, uh, it's an oak chair.
0: Fry up like so, a piece of bacon.
2: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't hooked up or whatever. I sat in it.
3: Oh, wow. You know? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, that, that thing had been there since like 1890-something. Um, It had a there a pile of people that died in that ch-
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But anyway, we left out of there. And walked through the death road. He showed me the cell where... Rudolph kind was, and they would already fixed it up. You know, right. it, it blown it all to pieces. You know, blown the wall down, everything. But they fixed it up, repainted all that stuff. And we walked down to—I mean, that's like—I don't know how many it was. I'd say at least probably ten or twelve people in there on Death Row, and one of them was Pee Wee Gasket. I remember this ain't no lie, son. When I walked by with that guard, L Hicks, was his name,
3: mm-hmm.
2: like I said, my wife's uncle, he said, he said are you the new warden? I said, no, I'm just checking out your chair. <laughs> That's what I thought. Oh, and uh, that's what I did. It was right down the hallway from where he was sitting. You yeah. know, you on death row, you ain't far from.
1: It. Oh wow, that's
2: funny. But I'm making a joke, you know. I'm, I ain't. I, he's behind them bars. He can't do nothing. <laughs> to right. You know, he he would already had a lot done more than more to him than I'd had done to me.
3: Yeah.
2: Like I say, your yeah your, your last story for him. That man had a rough life. But he didn't care. He right. didn't care.
1: Nope. But
2: he would joke and trick and whatever he could do, I do I mean, just... He was conniving. Conniving man, son. Mm-hmm. But it weren't much longer. I believe it was like about three years after that, he got here.
0: Yeah, they electrocuted Pee Wee.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, they got... I mean he only got I believe Rudolph Tyner was the ninth murder he did he got charged for eight, and the ninth ninth murder him killing Rudolph Tyner I mean he really in a way the South Carolina prisons Um, you know him killing somebody in the prison and the way he did it I'm sure he made somebody look bad
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so let's go back. You was talking about and telling us that uh, you sure that probably some guard got paid off to uh, bring in some C4. And I know we all know what that is, but can you tell, like, the listeners, if they don't know what, what exactly is C4? Oh,
2: well, I man, C4 is a plastic explosive. I right. mean, you could throw it like a baseball. It won't even blow up until you put a piece of dynamite, I mean, a uh, blasting cap in it. And that's how he did it. I don't know if, uh, I mean, they said – it was a, he made like a two-way radio.
1: Right, like a walkie-talkie type. It
2: wasn't, <clears throat> yeah, no, <clears throat> excuse so me. he could call Pee-wee, and if he needed drugs or needed whatever, you know, he could just, you know, call him on the radio.
1: Right, because Pee- But would
2: only go between, between Pee-wee and Rudolph timer
1: Right, because Pee-wee had be- but, befriended him, right, and, and set him up, basically. Yeah. Okay.
2: I mean, it happened. The first day he gave him the radio, it had a plug on it. He said, "Don't plug it in till you get ready to talk to me." Yeah. If you when it when it was plugged in when the when the juice went to it, that's when it blew up. Mm.
1: So he had packed all the C four inside this thing, right?
2: Yeah, it was inside the radio, in the like I say, he didn't he didn't even know it was there. Right. Now I don't know what it looked like. I guess you can't tell now because no. it's blown all to pieces. Right. But I mean, I don't know what it looked like or what it had, but he said that you had to you had to plug it in for it to go off.
0: So Tony Simo and Pee Wee organized this together to, to kill Tanner.
2: Yeah, well, P- I mean, Tony never even saw Pee Wee.
0: He was just talking never to him, him on the phone. Fight. He just called him on yeah, the phone in the prison.
2: The, yeah, he talked to him on the phone.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And I believe it was only one time that he talked to him. Uh-huh. But like I say, it was, you know, the guy that he talked to in the bar in Merle's Inlet fixed all this up. You know, yeah, I believe the thing is, I believe he sent the money somewhere, whatever, in Florence County, where Pee Wee's family was from, to his son or his daughter, something like that, and they got the money.
0: Okay, so tell us about Tony Simo. What happened to Tony after this?
2: Well, he served what two and a half years. He got two and a half years in CCI. Yeah. When it happened, how did
0: they how did they discover how? it was uh, Tony Simo that was behind this? What? How did they find out?
2: Oh, they figured it out, man. I mean, it had already been around that he he'd said he wanted to kill him.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He talked too much. You know what I mean? And the yeah. word got around. And that's how they got him. And I believe, it too, it was a telephone call to the prison
3: mm-hmm.
2: that they knew. They traced the number back, and it was Tony CMO. And I believe that that is had his house. That was before cell phones, you know? Yeah. You know, you had to call, you know, bail south. <laughs>
0: how, much, uh, how much prison time did Tony get for this? Two and a half years. Uh
2: Uh-huh. Okay. I mean like I say, um I believe that was in eighty four when he went to prison. So he went two two and I believe it was two and a half years. Or just say two years. But um it took till I believe nineteen eighty four is when he went to prison. So he is out in eighty six.
0: Yeah. Some of that was work release, wasn't
2: it? Oh, he was on work release when he was in prison.
0: Okay. That's what I was thinking.
2: All that was conspiracy. You know, but you look at it. I mm. mean, how many, you know, is there 12 people that's going to convict you of having a man killed, that guilty and did it for killing your mom and dad? You know what I mean?
0: I got you. And he was
2: in O'Ree County. You know, he went back to O'Ree County, to Conway, South Carolina, O'Ree County Court, 15th District, and that's where his trial was. I'm sure he probably, I don't know. I mean, it was a big case back in that day. That was the biggest case you ever had, you know, as far as a murder. And somebody that knew him, knew the family. They knew all, they knew everything. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: There was locals, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's local. So like I say, he got like I say, two and a half years. I mean
0: Yeah, that was that'd that. be
2: bad, don't get me wrong. But he did what he did. He always said, I mean, I believe this is uh before he died. He said he don't believe that God will be judge him for killing somebody that killed his mom and dad.
0: Yeah. Now Tony Simo died of uh, some kind of overdose or something from a pain medication or something, didn't
2: he? Well, that's what they say. I mean, I heard it was heart attack. Okay. I mean, he was only. He was fifty-four years old and died in two thousand one. Mm-hmm. I do know that.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw where it said he had been in a serious boating accident or something. Then. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, you imagine you know laying brick all your life. You your back hurt anyway.
1: Oh yeah.
2: You I, know what I mean? That's oh, a yeah. tough
1: job. Been there, done that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean. I mean, I want not to take a Tylenol myself, but <laughs> I don't hurt. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, that pain medication will get you. Yep. If you let it.
0: Now, now Pee Wee Gaskins, he got the death penalty for killing Rudolph Tyner, didn't he?
2: That's the only way that got him.
0: Yep. Before that, he was just no, a... He got,
1: go ahead.
2: I mean, he got the death penalty for, you know, eight murders, which he they say... You know there was thirty some murders that he confessed to. They say it's over a hundred. I mean he's the baddest dude in the United States, or probably in the world. I mean you know people go to war. Right. They don't even kill that many people.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: But um, yeah, I mean that's what got him to death penalty.
1: Well, you know he probably made the warden look pretty damn bad there when he bringing in uh, explosives into the prison. He didn't really think that through, I don't guess. He thought he was untouchable, didn't he?
2: I think so. Yep, they showed him. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I tell you what, man, I ain't judging the man. I didn't know him, I've seen him one time. <laughs> but I tell you what, I wouldn't want to be in the room. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want you to open that damn door up.
1: Mm-mm. No, no. <laughs>
2: and let
1: him out. No, you just tell your joke and go on about your business. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I know he he get he coming to my house. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's I can a, talk trash all I want, but he's <laughs> on the other
0: side of the bar. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Well, dang man, that's that's. I'm I'm glad we had you on the show and and to close out. You know this this part of Pee gas uh, Tayo and Tony Simo and Rudolph Tyner,
1: A little inside, inside baseball for exactly. us.
0: Exactly. Is there, is there anything else you want to tell us about Tony Simo or Rudolph Tyner that you hadn't told us? Well,
2: well, Rudolph got his. I guarantee you that. Yeah. As soon as he plugged that radio in, that was that was him. He didn't know he what got hit him. what he deserved. Yeah.
0: He didn't know what he hit him. got.
2: No, he didn't ever know, uh-uh. but he's dead. And Pee Wee Gaskins is dead. Yep. But I hate it—the fact that um, uh, you know, it happened to the Moons.
3: Yeah, you know, that's like
2: said, Bill and Murray, they were some good people. I mean, they would give you. I mean, I, I know. I don't know if it happens anymore. I mean, I know y'all boy, Y'all knew, or you do know. There's somebody that's got a store, somebody walks in there, and they'd like to have a bag of rice and maybe a bag of beans, and I'd sure like to have them young'uns or, little, you know, some some chocolate chip cookies, but I ain't got no money. Yeah. He would give your, you know, he would give you whatever you want, he'd give you the share off his back, but he didn't give Rudolph Tyner nothing. Yeah, especially when you're talking a shotgun Mm -hmm. in his store
1: come in demanding yeah there's a difference
2: yeah it's different but I hate it for the fact that Tony you know had to he had to handle all that stuff you know and, and live his life only 54 when he died but that your mom and daddy has been you know killed Or $200.
0: Yeah.
2: And then he had to do what he had to do, what he thought he had to do. So, I don't know. Well, I mean, I tell you what, man, like I say, you put yourself in his place. What would you do?
0: Probably do the same thing, Ben.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was reading
2: here.
1: I I was reading here. There's like a 2001. Pre- Associated Press Report where Tony's sister Had uh, said that uh, That Tony had told her that He he told me over and over I think constantly of Tyner laughing While mom and daddy begged on their knees for her life I did what I did And that's it So you know that guy he, That's all he had on his mind it, And he wasn't going to stop till he'd done what he thought was right And that's what he
2: did Well that's right I mean that's the way it is I mean it's eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth boy That's mm-hmm. right You
0: know what I mean?
2: Yep. I mean. All right,
0: Ben. That's the way I was taught. Yep. Well Ben, Ben, we're gonna get out of here, bud. We appreciate you being on the show today and and filling us in on some of this Rudolph Tyner stuff and Pee-wee Gaskins and sort of closing that story out for us because that that means a lot. And when you contacted me a you know a couple months ago about this, we you know we've been planning this for a little while and something we've been wanting to do, and I think it turned out great.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate it, man.
2: Well, I hope so, man. I mean, i tell you what, I do appreciate, I mean, I appreciate what y'all doing. Well, we'll think.
0: All right, Dale, we want to thank Ben for being on the show today and giving us his thoughts. Yeah,
1: that was pretty cool to get an insider view there There some stuff going on back then.
0: Yeah, and it it sort of closed out the, the Pee Wee Gaskins story, and you know, what happened with Rudolph Tyner and Tony Simo and that,
1: that little... Right. See what actually was the conflict going on there and what what uh, actually brought all that on. That was kind of neat.
0: And ended up being uh, Pee-wee's death penalty. Yep. Yeah,
1: so that's, that's a pretty good little story. Give him a little ticket to old Sparky.
0: That's right. <laughs> One all
1: right. way right. <laughs> all right, Dale. We're going to get out of here. All right, bro.
0: We want everyone to be safe, be careful, and always be aware of your surroundings.
1: Because the next episode could be about you this is the crack house chronicles say
2: goodbye